Hello and welcome to another episode of Sex Talk with Ayana the Model. This week we are bringing on Glamazon Tayomi. I'm just waiting for her to hop online so that we can get started. I am very excited for this sex talk. I am a huge fan of Tayomi. She is absolutely amazing. She's a sex therapist, sex advocate. She does a lot of um, healthy sex advocacy. She has different clients that she works with and she's just all around an amazing person. I've admired her for years now so I am very excited to have her jump online. Just waiting for this amazing conversation to start. I have jumped on her lives before when she was talking about different things sex oriented. I I love her. <laughs> so yes, paraphrase six five i love her too i've been one of the patrons watching her from the outside in listening to things that she said about healthy sex advocacy different things about like out of course different verbiage to use when you are exploring the realms of sex um her being a sex therapist and her speaking about sex is always talking about the healthiest versions or the healthiest ways that you can engage in sex and i just love it so let me make sure that she has a request sent from me and that she's on her way. Hey, now you gotta do the whole name. I'm like, uh, just pick up on the contact clues. What do you see me type again? See, this starting to piss me off. Let me see. I think it's the real or just real. just real or the real okay it is real Sometimes these things are really weird, like you have to type in the entire name in order to find who you're looking for, but I was like, I'm sure I typed in the entire name the right way, and I did, and they still playing with me. Oh, maybe that's what is wrong. In the meantime, between times, while we get situated in real time, I'm one of those people who gets like very frustrated semi-easily, not very easily, but semi-easily. As in if something should work and it doesn't work, then I start getting mad. <laughs> I don't get real mad. I notice that like even when I'm working, I feel like I'm a very type A person at my job. 
And when I start working and I start getting irritated, people are like, oh my God, Ayana's mad. And I'm like, I, I could never be mad because of this, but I could definitely be irritated and show my irritation. Um, at this point, I'm trying to figure out if I should Since in her DMs at this point, I gotta wait. If y'all have any questions in the meantime that you want to ask me, let me know. Um, of course, I always have a certain set of questions that I ask all of my guests, and the questions that I have are a list of questions that I ask all of my guests, and I allow the conversation to just flow through and go wherever it needs to go. I think that having an open-ended question format is one of the best ways to have an, an interview or a podcast because from each interview, from each podcast, from each guest, you can just see what type of experiences that they are having without having to be probed with different things um, outside the scope of what we have aligned and guided for the conversation, rather. So... If you guys have any personal sex questions, any sex questions that you have for me while we continue to wait, I'll give it another couple of minutes by 4.10. I'm going to have to jump off and see what's up. Um, let me know. But I'll give it another four minutes before I hop off and see if we're still on schedule and if so I'll just make sure to hop back on um but after a certain time I know that sometimes it's an issue I remember the time that I had Hope Giselle on um she thought she would be able to jump on at the same time that we were scheduled and then there was a, a little mishap and we had to reschedule so I will do the same thing here in about four minutes but in the meantime again any questions sex questions i'm not going to add anybody to the chat <laughs> um just because these are specifically scheduled for the people who have been booked to be on the show so if you have anything that you want to write in the bubble to the side down right hand corner of your screen with the question mark please do um i guess i can begin by saying how i am right now or got to space that I am right now sexually for the next three minutes um it's a very liberated space I think that there's this idea that when you are liberated you have to also be having a lot of sex and I think that those two things are not mutually exclusive like you don't have to be a liberated person and also a person having a whole lot of sex actually I believe that if you are a liberated sexual person then you are not having a sex, a lot of sex, and I, not having, um, I would say, misguided promiscuous sex because you can still be having a lot of sex without having a lot of misguided promiscuous sex. And there she is. She has arrived. Welcome, Tayomi. Just send me a request at the bottom right hand of your screen for whatever reason. I can't send one from here to you, and we can get started. Uh 
I'm uh, kind of recovering from last night and preparing for another long night with this whole Super Bowl ordeal. Right. <laughs> what did you do last night? Went out, had fun. Well, it was a long day. I had brunch in the morning, and then I stopped by to see my parents, and then mm-hmm. my cousin had her birthday party. And then that ended up with me taking care of friends. Oh, my <laughs> God. They got to where they needed to go. So, my day ended at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're like, come here, come here, come here. Here he goes. He wants to be seen. Everybody say hi to Theo. <laughs> yeah, every time I get on live and he knows I'm on live, he wants to be seen. So. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> well, welcome. Well, you know, this is going to be an hour. Well, you said it's going to be a long day for you. I'm sure you have plans for the Super Bowl after this. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I still have, like, work stuff to do and set up for the week. And then a business meeting before going to my festivities. So, yeah, it's supposed to be a long night. <laughs> a long night, but a good night. Are you free tomorrow? Like, most of the time, you can get the rest tomorrow? Or are you just going to have just another video? This week is a busy week. I'm going to an award show on, on Saturday, mm-hmm. so I have to prepare for travel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my regular work week, and I'm working on two productions right now. One is a stage play, and the okay. other one is a student film um, as an intimacy coordinator and choreographer. So the play is going up next Monday. Wow. And the student film, we go, we start our rehearsals on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's really no... Mm-hmm. No, this team no sleep over here. But you know what? I'm a big fan of naps. I'm a big fan of getting my rest. You know, it's I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh, sleep when I'm dead. That's not (laughs) no, that's not even a thing for real. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I feel like I get adequate rest as well. I literally took a nap before I just jumped on here. I'll be probably taking another nap after here. I'm like, I'm getting the naps too. So yeah. I took a nap too. I woke up at one o'clock and then I, I made my stir fry because that was my goal. You know, when you like buy something and you're like, I got to cook this yes. right now. Cause if I don't, it's going to go bad. Like I bought these big ass tiger prawns mm-hmm. with the intention of making stir fry. So I was like, you know what? I got time. Let me go ahead and wash these little dishes, chop up these vegetables and make this stir fry. So I literally finished it right before coming on this call. I was like, all right, cool. Had my nap in, got my stir fry in, now I'm ready. <laughs> I was like, she's, I think she's just getting things together. Let me just stay on here until 410. And then if, if she still has to get on here, I jump off and see what she's doing. Yep, I had to put a little bit of water on his hair because I slept on it and it was all dry and just like doing the thing. So I was like, okay, let me be presentable coming on here. Let me just not look like I just rolled out of bed. Right, no. <laughs> Same. I was like, I'll put on earrings. Yeah, yeah. I'll put on. I'll put on earrings. 
Well, welcome. It is a pleasure. I am a big fan. Um, I watch a lot of your content. I jump on some of your lives sometimes too and just check in to just see what things that you're saying. And um, I love all the things that I've ever heard about you. I think I learned a lot of things from you when it comes to sex. And so I thought you would be a great addition to the Sex Talk podcast. Uh, for people who don't know who you are, although I'm sure people on here definitely do. Please introduce yourself, um, a little bit about what you do, and then you can get into the questions. Of course. Well, my name is Tayomi Morgan, and online I go by Glamazon Tayomi, which I just learned that Mugler created the term Glamazon, so I'm super excited to be a daughter of Mugler. Um, <laughs> and I am a multifaceted sex worker, I started my career as a sex writer with my blog, Glamorotica101.com in 2011, to be a source of information and a representative for black women. I wanted to, you know, serve as like a best friend or a sister in people's minds. And so I've achieved that. And I went on to become a contributing writer for Ebony.com and Ebony Magazine, as well as blackdoctor.org, and a guest on dozens of podcasts, and a contributor to many other articles across the internet and also a viral sensation because of my youtube channel and other content that i put out on social media love having public discourse on twitter about sex and just bringing sex into everyday conversation because if we can normalize a conversation we can normalize sexual health and sexual well-being and sexual pleasure and um yeah i have a long resume <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the founder of the Cowgirl Workout, the only holistic sensual fitness program on the internet, teaching women not only how to ride, but how to feel more empowered in intimate movement and in their bodies. And I am an authentic Tantra practitioner. So I am a, I like to call myself a shamanic sexual healer. Hmm. Yes. And shout out to the Institute of Authentic Tantra Education, the only government accredited Tantra school in the world, and one of the few lineage-based Tantra programs actually teaching true Tantra, not just Neo-Tantra. Gotta shout them out, because um, Tantra changed my life, so. And um, yes, also a filmmaker, content creator, and award-winning adult filmmaker. So the list can go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> but overall, overall pleasure coach, sex coach, and, you know, a, a trailblazer and sexual advocate to the masses. Thank you. There's a couple things I, of course, knew and a couple things that I didn't. So that's good for me. I'm, um... I always think that it's very interesting when a lot of our journeys start as writers. One of my sex talk um, guests, um, Femme Dussois, is also, uh, she also started her career as a blog writer on Tumblr. And, you know, it was her imagery um, and her personification of being a woman of the night that kind of started where she is now. So I just think that it's really mm -hmm. cool um, to write. Um, and to have that be something that kind of starts this, you know, space for you. Oh, yeah. And I'm still a writer. I'm actually, like, working on getting back into writing on my, on my own blog, but also contributing to some bigger publications because I miss it. Like, writing is my first mm -hmm. love. 
Before I was a sex writer, I was a hip hop writer and uh, and also a fashion writer. So I used to like review mm -hmm. live shows in Chicago and I used to review hip hop albums wow. for the local blog. And I would also do on camera interviews with different uh, hip hop artists and R&B artists that would come to the city. So I have a very, I have a varied, very multifaceted, mm -hmm. but I have a chunk of my career rooted in communications and a chunk of it rooted in fashion design and um, and modeling, nice. and so, and then I just moved into this space because I was like, where can I show up and where can I serve that's going to be impactful? And uh, I love it. Like my career just took off as soon as as soon as I jumped into the space, and so it's crazy to think that I've been in this for twelve years, and I feel like it's just the beginning. Like mm -hmm. there's still so many more people who have yet to discover me and I'm excited for them to discover me and what I do mm -hmm. because I'm dope. <laughs> I'm dope. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. Same here. Um, I think that even with my movements, moving up as a performance artist with me as a writer, there are just different things that are always um, kind of entered as a specific niche. I think that me describing myself as a healthy relationship advocate in general that includes sex, includes just different interactions between people, includes whatever interaction and relationship that is, and however that comes to show your life, whether it's with yourself, whether it's with your family, whether it's your partner, mm -hmm. um, was something that was more particular for me to verbalize and to also, um, I guess, sh sh express to people that I do uh, more recently. But I think that everything in terms of sensuality and the expression of who I am through the body is something that I've always done. Yeah. So um, I am also happy to explore, happy to grow, happy to connect more. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to 2023 for the both of us. So let's get started. What is your relationship to sex? Relationship to success? Relationship to sex. Um, oh, um... Well, you know, being a Scorpio woman, true and true, I've always had an attraction to erotica and all things sexual. I remember I was a huge B2K fan. Excuse me. Let me correct that. I was a fanatic. I'm not even finna sit up here and hold y'all. But I used to write these stories when I was 13. I used to have these books, these uh, notebooks that were literally erotic stories between me and my friends and the members of B2K. And oh, so my God. <laughs> I would pass them around to my friends and like they would read them and it was dope. Like, um, <laughs> and even like when I was a kid, you know, we used to like my sister and I used to play Barbies all the time. We were like big Barbie fans. Mm -hmm. We had a Barbie village and like we used to have these very adult themes for our like these very adult themes and storylines for our Barbies and our Barbies would be having sex. Oh so, um, <laughs> so we, you know, I feel like it's just something I've always been naturally drawn to. And I remember in high school, um, I started watching documentaries on the Discovery Channel that were about sexual health and sexuality. And my mom, like I would ask my mom permission first before watching this stuff. And I would also like ask her for permission to go to the library and check out books um, that were about sex. And very early on, I was studying Tantra and the Karma Sutra because that kind of stuff was very interesting to me. I mean, I, I grew up in um, a religious, well, my mom was religious. My mm -hmm. dad was not, but my, my mom took us to church every Sunday, grew up in the Baptist church. Um, so even 
though that was the case, there wasn't, I would say, there wasn't like sexual repression in our house, but my mm -hmm. mom was always just like, don't get pregnant <laughs> as a mm -hmm. teenager, that whole thing. But she allowed me to explore sexual themes and like sexual information. And even prior to that, like I, I was, um, I entered into puberty, puberty early at mm -hmm. eight years old. Oh, damn. Yeah. I started puberty at eight and my mom, she bought us this awesome book that still exists today by American Girl called The Care and Keeping of You. Mm -hmm. And they have The Care and Keeping of You too, which is like a little, for like a little bit older girl. But that book was very like vivid and explicit in explaining the changes like the growth of pubic hair, the growth of underarm hair, and how to take care of it, how to insert tampons, talk to you about your period, talk to you about your budding breasts and like the different stages and what they look like. Like I loved this book and I remember we used to bring it to school to share with our friends and our principal confiscated it and said that it was inappropriate. And my mom went off, she was like, I'm educating my girls about their bodies because you guys aren't doing that. So give them that book back, you know? And they're like, oh, well, just don't have it out during class hours, la, 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 whatever. And so um, my mom was very, like, hands-on with educating us about our bodies and empowering us around our bodies. But also because I had an old, like, a more mature body at a younger age, I had to cloak my body. So sex in itself was something that I was studying and interested in, but it wasn't something that I entered into as far as with partners until I went to college. Mm -hmm. I was actually quite afraid of men having a sexual attraction to me because it felt like a threat to my body. Because yeah. um, imagine being like 13 years old and people think that you're 18 mm -hmm. or even not even 13. Imagine being 11 and people think that you're grown and in college. That's how it was. And I remember one time, pushing my little baby cousin in a stroller, this white woman was like, oh, your baby's so cute. And I was like, ma'am, I'm 11. And she was so mortified. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because in that moment, you realize that you did the very thing that white people tend to do is over-sexualize young black girls. And you assumed that I was a teenage mother, right? But I wasn't even a teenager, I was a preteen. <laughs> so checked her real quick. But so my relationship to sex has been very interesting and it's been a journey. And I'm, I'm proud of how far I've come and how I've allowed myself to meet myself where I'm at, at every stage in my life. And just doing the work because it's, it's not a linear thing. Mm -hmm. It took some time for me to feel comfortable in my own body. Like dance helped me to do that. Mm -hmm. Yoga helped me to do that. And that was, that started in high school, I started doing yoga and started dancing, um, like, professionally, mm -hmm. I should say. So I was always dancing around the house and stuff with, with my mom and my sister. But taking, like, professional dance classes and being a part of a dance club in high school, and that helped me to really connect with my body and feel comfortable. And then when I moved from Chicago to New York for undergrad, it changed the game because I was getting attention that I wasn't getting. In high school, like so many compliments, and I was just like, "Oh wow, an appreciation for my body." And then I was able to like start wearing stuff that I wasn't allowed to wear when I was growing up. Yeah. So it's been it's been a journey, and I think that's why in the work that I do, there's so many women that resonate with me because they have a similar origin story in just being a young 
woman who started developing early and having to cloak themselves and carrying shame and guilt and all these things that may have come from like religious upbringing and then trying to navigate that and figure out how do I break out of that to be like this ultimate sex goddess, <laughs> you know? And it's been a beautiful journey. There's been some highs and there's definitely been some lows, but I take them all in stride and with grace. Yes. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be the well-rounded coach that I am if I hadn't gone through all mm -hmm. those things. Definitely. Wow. Amazing. I think that um, I know a little bit about the story of developing early because my mother also got her period at nine. So just a year after yours, she was always a bigger woman. She developed breasts very early. And so at 11, she was seen as 16, 17. And she would talk to us a lot about male attention yep. and what it means and what it doesn't mean and how to accept it and how to reject it. And um, the truth of lust versus the truth of like actual care and respect for who you are and your body. She was also a very hands-on mother, a very particular mother. The book I read growing up was It's Perfectly Normal. And mm -hmm. through that book and reading and looking at those explicit pictures and bringing that to class in my fifth grade and my teacher being like, your mom said she read this? And I'm like, yes. Um, it's kind of like, it's so funny. It's kind of like the same story, but... Um, I think also for me, I didn't have sex until I almost graduated college. I was always cautious. Um, but from what my mom was telling me, I always felt like I had a pride about my body, even if I wasn't that comfortable in it. Because there is a level of discomfort you have when you feel like you don't have a lot of experience. And right. even if you grew up with a certain amount of, you know, confidence in someone who, um, who empowers you to have the knowledge that we had, which I think is very rare, especially that of the that we had. Yep. It, um, I still feel like because I, I didn't do certain things with other bodies, I still didn't know enough to feel good about my own. So there was a certain level of connection that I came into when it came to coming into my body. I also performed in high school. That definitely got me a lot of confidence. I was in theater for a very long time. Nice. Once I started doing really like thorough theater and had um, Aisha Brooks, which I got to shout her out. She was my theater uh, teacher my very last year of high school. And that's when I did like my first show where I was doing, you know, like Lion King musical music and like full performances, really like setting into my potential as a performer and an artist. And that's when I really connected with my confidence in who I was to be showcased in public in a way where it kind of led me to coming into college and people just like, you're so confident. And I'm like, it was a lot of, you know, performance and work that I had to get into this point. And, you know, now you all can't tell me nothing at 18 years old. I left Miami, Florida, where I grew up, and I went to college in Massachusetts. So I went to Western Massachusetts, Middle Pioneer Valley, all women's school, 2,000 students, smaller than my high school. And there, the attention that I received was really a lot of camaraderie, really a lot of connection. That also helped me to be more intertwined and connected with women because I grew up with my mom and my two sisters. So I already had an idea of what women were supposed to look like when we planned together. Mm -hmm. so going into you know, 
into a university um, environment where everyone around me was a woman who was focused on their studies and that's why they were there. They were not distracted. It really helped me kind of grow that, that empowerment feeling um, and that empowerment mission that I felt like I've had since childhood. Um, and so I think it has really dug into my relationship with sex and my understanding of my body, my understanding of how my body interacts with other people, especially being someone who's attracted to men um, yeah, and having a heterosexual connection in some of the relationships that I have. Um, I think that it was heavily impacted by like those experiences as well. So crazy, crazy that we have bits of similarity in our stories. I've never met anyone who had any anything like that similar growing up in terms of their knowledge of sex at that age. You know, you know, it's, I look at my, my upbringing and just even my relationship still with my parents mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, I'm so blessed because I, I'm, I'm like literally rare. Like, yes, <laughs> I have a very rare origin story. Yes. And, but, but there's parts that people can relate to. And I think that there is a difference that you can see in the empowerment of a woman, especially a black woman, mm -hmm. when her mother mm -hmm. had a very, she was very hands-on with protecting her girls, empowering her girls. And I'm gonna tell you, the cherry on top is the fact that my dad is a feminist. Mm -hmm. And my dad actually did most of the nurturing of me and my twin sister from birth until about seven years old because my mom was a career and still is a career woman. And she was working her way up the ranks at, uh, at the, the job that she was at. And my dad had no problem being the nurturer, being the one to get us ready for school and drop us off and pick us up and fix our lunches and fix us dinner and fix everybody dinner and do the laundry and clean the house. And um, so I have an example of what a, a man, a mm -hmm. uh, protector, looks like and a man who can be soft but also very fierce at the same time and who has always told me you are the best you are the cream of the crop you're the top of the class you are not second to anyone you are not a follower you are a leader and both of our parents echoed this and consistently drilled that into us and so a part of my empowerment too is my parents letting me know that and then also my mother bringing in the religious aspect because i've always had a connection with god as soon as I was aware that I was in this body, I heard the voice. Hmm. <clears throat> and so growing up and being able to go to church, it helped me feel more connected to the creator. And so also knowing that I'm a child of God and I'm set apart, it was like, oh, and when I say set apart, I mean, I am one who has heard the call and actually is walking the walk. Hmm. Because we all are children of God, but hmm. not everyone hears the call and walks the walk. Hmm. And so I've been that person. And it's funny because... I have people that I've known like from the internet that I still have never met in real life that knew me in high school and we used to talk all the time and they would say, man, you were so deep back then. I said, I'm still deep. What are you talking about? <laughs> same, person. same person, same person, same MO. Okay. So deep that's been, it's just more, even more depth now. Hmm. And so, you know, I've literally had women come to me over the course of my career and say, you know, you, you are like my mom and my mom because my mom never taught me any of this stuff. Mm. And when I, I hear that, it's just like, whoo, you know, because it reminds me that what I am doing has such an impact. And so I'm even more now like conscious of how I show up and how I'm speaking and being aware that sometimes what people say outright isn't really how they feel. It's just a projection of like 
the wounded self. And so I show a lot of compassion to the people who come into my containers and spaces because of that. But I, I really wish for more young women, especially young black women, mm -hmm. that they have mothers or female figures in their lives that could teach them about their bodies and how to feel empowered around them. And then also to have male figures, um, like divine masculine figures who can back that up. Yes. And who can Show them what love looks like and what protection looks like and what being pulled into looks like. Mm -hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't know, sometimes like the way humanity is going, I just be like, Lord Jesus, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> I really be wanting to have faith in humanity and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, Lord. I tell people all the time, like when they, I guess, say out loud, it's like, oh, it used to be so good back in the day or, oh, it's so horrible. I'm like, it's, it's a balance. Always has been, always will be. Yep. It's a part of the universe. It's a part of equality. It's a part of what the world is. And it's it's leaning into the things that we are doing as, you know, creators and, you know, healthy sex advocates and um, people in our in our alignment, in our careers, walking our paths, which I feel like I'm walking in mine as well, um, that puts the positive out in the world that is a part of the grand scheme of positive that already exists. Um, and I'm happy to be a part of that. We, we bit by bit with the work that we are doing, we are rising, uh, we are raising the vibration mm -hmm. of this paradigm. Mm -hmm. And so I know that if I'm still here, that means God's like, I have more work to do through you. So I'm just going to go forward and show up and not be attached to what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, but just knowing that if I am showing up in a place, that's God showing up and that's God saying, I have work to do through you through just showing up. Cause I know how, like my energy, I step in a room and it shifts <laughs> the whole room, period. And I had to become very aware of that because if my vibration is, is like intense and it's on the side of like, if it's intense fear-based energy, then it's going to change the whole room. So the thing is people always talk about like, oh, high vibes, high vibes, but a high vibe could be fear-based. Mm. High, high vibe doesn't always mean that it's coming from love. Mm. It could be fear-based. So mm. if I'm high vibes and I'm in a fear mindset, then it's going to touch every single last person in the room. They're going to mm. feel it. So I, my goal, like I wake up every day saying, how can I extend love? How can I express love? Because that's my religion is love. Yeah, and I, <laughs> that's the only thing that I'm choosing. And if I feel myself slipping into fear, I pause. I take a mm. moment. Like, hold on. Remember why you're here. <laughs> it's not for this. And I'll do an Irish exit in a minute. <laughs> no apologies. I'm out. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to show up like yes. that. It's literally a conscious choice. Mm -hmm. So, and I always say when I'm, I'm talking on Twitter, I'm like, I'm doing the Lord's work. I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> This right here is in this this sexual empowerment is a pathway to enlightenment. Yes. So, yes. so say what you want to say. I, you know, I, I I I hold empathetic space for you if you are a person suffering that wants to attack me. Like I had a friend literally tell me a few days ago that someone who follows me that we know mutually came to her and said, "Oh, she's she she does too much." And I said, you know, what I understand is that because she follows me and she likes my stuff. And I was like, 
it makes her feel uncomfortable mm. when she sees me showing up as I am and being unapologetic about it because there is something inside of her that's telling her she can't do that. Mm-hmm. And she would like to be in the same position as I am and possibly even have the same influence that I do. Mm. But she has not yet gotten to that point where she can operate in her full authenticity and step into her divine feminine essence. And so instead of saying, I feel insecure when Tayomi shows up, she's saying Tayomi is doing too much. Mm-hmm. You let me tell her I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's what I'm saying to myself all the time. Like you ain't doing enough. Mm-hmm. And I have to literally sit back and say, look at all that you have created. You, you do a lot. So relax, sis. You don't, you can take a nap today. <laughs> you take a nap today. You, you, you don't have to keep pushing. But I also think like as a black woman living in America under the, the, the rule of white supremacy, mm-hmm. there is that sense of urgency yeah. that we consistently have where we feel like even if we have done everything mm-hmm. and we've worked our fingers to the bone, we still feel like we got to be doing more. We got to stay on the grind. And that has a heavy impact on our health. And so like I started following the nap ministry sister out of Chicago, and um, she, she speaks about that, like the effects of white supremacy on like our health and how we need to take more naps. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is my <laughs> ministry right here, praise <laughs> God. <laughs> and you know, it's funny how like when we were kids, it was like nap time was scheduled. Yes. And so we look at naps like child's play, but I mean, the word of God, it says, you know, a man has to return to the mind of a child in order to enter the gates of heaven. So what does that actually mean? It means we have to go back to that space of being innocent and looking at the world with curiosity and think about the things that work for us as children. They work today, like using your imagination. You can't manifest without imagining first and seeing it in your mind's eye. It's not child's play to daydream. It's actually a part of manifestation. So... I can go on and on about that. <laughs> but I'm going to cap it right there. Because <laughs> I know you got more questions. <laughs> I do. I'm like, child, we're probably going to get three in uh, by this one. But it'll be cool. Um, let me see. I'm going to jump to one that I think is going to be interesting. Um, do you have a sexual fear? If so, what is your biggest sexual fear? Huh. Well, I'm going to say, if anything, it would be being in situations where I'm not allowed to express myself freely, Mm. where I'm not not allowed uh, or uh, uh, being in a position where I am um, (laughs) because even in saying that, I'm like, fuck you mean allowed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, being in a position where it feels like I don't have control. Mm. You know? Because I, I, I have experienced sexual assault before. Mm. And also just interactions with my body that I just, I just unwanted attention and unwanted um, interaction. Mm-hmm. And as a public figure and one who is an, an exhibitionist, I have to like really explain this to people. Like, I put myself out here and I put my nudes online and I do all that because it pleases me to do that. I'm an right. exhibitionist, so I want you mm-hmm. to look. You know, and if there's a platform where I am safe to do that, it's out here, baby. It's there. 
You know what I mean? Now, pirating my content from OnlyFans, different story. Mm -hmm. But just because I put myself out here does not give anyone the right to just interact with my body, either virtually or in person, however they see fit. You still have to ask for consent. You still have to ask me if that's something that I want. And so, I mean, growing up with a body that was more developed at a younger age, the whole catcalling thing, mm -hmm. like I've most definitely experienced that so much in my life to where I developed social anxiety. And people don't know that, but I do deal with social anxiety. It might not look like it, but I have my methods of like when I'm going into spaces and into rooms and it doesn't even matter what I have on. <laughs> That's the thing about it. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, um, but again, like when you're a light and you're a magnet, all kind of people just get drawn to you. And I get that. Um, but being in any situation where I feel like I don't have the control over what's happening with my body that that i would say would be like an overarching fear and in saying that what i know is that i have autonomy yes. and that i get to speak up for myself and i get to set boundaries and if i feel unsafe at any time i get to remove myself and i am the daughter of a marine veteran who has trained me very well on self-defense and how to protect myself so um i'm never like worried yeah you know it's like what i'm more worried about is i might hurt this person to the point where there is no return for them and i never want to be in that position mm -hmm. so i will quietly exit or i will find an ally in the room who has some authority and say i need help right now mm -hmm. this person's harassing mm -hmm. me so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two things can exist at once, you know. Oh, it's like that dichotomy of having that, having that as a, a fear-based awareness, but then knowing that I have the control oh, over it. Definitely. Yes, I will say the same thing. Um, I, I think it's very interesting asking this, asking this question because in the previous episodes I didn't have this question, and one day I thought, you know, I think I have a lot of questions that might be, um, I guess might receive a lot of positive answers which is not an issue i said but there's so much about sex that's not necessarily positive and right. even though this is not a conversation about negativity i think it's very interesting to speak on fears because that's one of the things that all of us virtually have um and a lot of people just don't speak on it right. sometimes people forget what they are um and so oh, they are an unconscious reaction when they're triggered but they've never voiced it so I think that it's very interesting to speak on. And for me, one of the um, the other guests that I asked, she actually has my fear. So my fear is to be sexually assaulted. And mm. it's not something that stays on my mind consciously at all, to your point. It's something that I know that I never wanted to happen um, that would be, in my conscious mind, very torturous for me. And so in my unconscious mind, I keep this you know, unwavering awareness that I am safe so exactly. that in my conscious mind, I travel through the world in safety. Yes. Um, and I'm very certain of myself. I'm very sure of myself in spaces that I go into. I don't think anything's going to happen to me. I don't think anybody's going to hurt me. I also mention this a lot because I'm a solo woman traveler and I go, right. I've been to, right, 16 different countries around the world by myself. And people are like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, well, 
I generally think that people are good people. I generally think that people are not here to hurt you. I generally think that people that you meet out on the street somewhere in the country want to bring you in, want you to meet their family, want to show you the ropes, want to introduce you to their culture. They're proud of the fact that you're there with them. They want to show things to you that are positive. And I generally feel safe. Right. And I've never had an issue feeling this way. Um, and I know that it's, I think because of certain circumstances and maybe it doesn't apply to everybody so there's there might be a little pushback on the fact that oh you're just making it seem like if you think it it is but baby that's kind of what it is that is what it is it is you know it is what it is and and <laughs> that's a whole i ain't even gonna go there that's a whole other conversation but it is what it is <laughs> it is it is and when i think it I actually believe it. You know, I think that there's so and many that's the key. that travel our, our mind and that's really what it is. I was talking to my friends recently. I'm like, where I am right now is like probably the most confident I've ever been in my life. And it's not because I wasn't confident five years ago. It was just because like where I am now, it's like mm -hmm. unbeatable and unbreakable. And it's amazing right. how just because I think I can do everything and get everything, receive everything and have everything and that I'm rich and abundant, everything is what it is. Like, right just what it is and i said it's so generic but it's so true you just think it and that's what it is literally nothing to it but you have to believe it though you can't exactly not believing it because we um it's like you have to at least believe because belief is the bridge to knowing right so what people don't understand is that we live in a vibrational existence mm -hmm. there is no right or wrong good or bad it's vibration mm -hmm. and so if you're meditating on something that you don't want your conscious, subconscious mind's gonna be like, oh, that's what you want? Got it, manifest it into your reality. And people don't think that it's that simple, but it is. In all the books that talk about like life and manifestation from the secret to the way of life, the game of life and how to play it to um, any of these books out here, they're gonna say the same thing around manifestation. From books that were written in like the 1700s to the books written in the 2000s, they all say the same thing when it comes to consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I am very similar to you in where I don't let those thoughts permeate my mind, especially when I'm traveling. Like when I started traveling, I was solo because people weren't like, I'm an, I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I've been working for myself before I owned my business. It was just, you know, freelancing. And so people weren't always available to just up and jump and come with me and I was like if you wait for others you're not going to do this so do it yourself exactly. and like <laughs> I remember when I went to Nigeria I went to Lagos mm -hmm. by myself mm -hmm. and when I tell even Nigerians that they look at me crazy like are you mad I'm like what do you mean like, what are you talking about I had a blast mm -hmm. it was magical but I had sense enough to know that I needed an assistant there. So I hired somebody. I interviewed several people and I hired somebody to be my assistant mm -hmm. while I was there. And she held me down and she showed me the ropes and all of that. And so, you know, a, a part of being a goddess is knowing that you are in co-creation with the master creator. And when you know the codes, when you know how all of this works, you understand that it is the power of the mind. Because we are in these bodies, but we are not these bodies. And our consciousness is rooted in the mind. So, you know, and, and, but I, I understand, like, again, holding this, this um, fear around this thing that you don't want to happen, right? Knowing it's consciously there, but consciously being like telling yourself the mantras 
every day, like I am safe. Wherever I go, I am protected. I am in danger nowhere in the world. Like that, that one is from A Course in Miracles. Like I, I tell myself these things consistently. And my friends be like, man, you and your sister, like y'all just be, y'all just be going. And, and I'm like, yes, because I know that God got me. So, so I, I don't have to be fearful about that. And then also I have training. Like I can see <laughs> when things shift and when yes. something's about to pop off yes. and I exit stage yes. left. And I'm always finding the exits, mm-hmm. preparedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people think, yeah, it's not the same thing to say that just because you think that you're safe, that you are also blinded. No, exactly. also exactly. be cautious, also be observant, also be weary, and also know how your body feels. Your body's going to tell you what's up. So know what that feels like. Know what it feels like when your body's like, okay, yeah, get the fuck out of here. We have, our spirit is always speaking and working. It's yeah. not like we're in a place and all of a sudden they're silent. We're going to know what it feels like. But if you don't never trust yourself, if you have someone to tell you that you don't share, you don't, you don't know anything and you're never going to know anything and you have to have someone to protect you because you don't know how to protect yourself, you're going to put it in your mind that you don't know what your body is telling you when it's telling you something important and you will miss the signal. But we all have the signal in us. Yep, that intuition. And one thing I prayed for since I was a child was discernment. So I have that real strong. And I know how to read people and read situations. Because mm-hmm. trust me, baby, in traveling, I've definitely been in situations where I had to square up. Like, hold on. Mm-hmm. What is happening right now? And everything was diffused before it even went to another level. But God's good and gracious. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I go with God. I always say, go with God. <laughs> I go with God, Okay. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I love that. Um, this is going to be the last question. I actually want to, instead of asking one that I have, piggyback, piggyback off of what you said, uh, change your life and how much it has integrated into your life. You mentioned Tantra. Would you mind describing what Tantra is for those of us who don't know? And um, when it was entered and how well it has transformed who you are and and what you do yeah yeah so tantra is actually spiritual yoga it is a spiritual practice and we use sex as a tool for healing in tantra um and you can practice tantra sexually and non-sexually and it's the non-sexual practices that i honestly have felt are the most profound (laughs) the elemental practices that we do the visualizations the mantras the meditations like I've seen my life transform, but interestingly enough, I didn't know that I had been practicing Tantra for most of my life with my dad. Hmm. So uh, my dad, when he was in the military, he spent some time in Japan and he learned different things while he was there. And so when I was younger, whenever I would feel upset and distressed, cause my father knew very early on that I had gifts, you know, and um, So whenever I would feel upset or sad or anything, my dad would ask me to come and embrace him. And so we would be chest to chest, you know, in alignment. And he would instruct me to take a deep breath in with him. So we would sink our breath. And then he would say, okay, now whatever it is, just give it to me. Don't worry about me. I'll just Mm -hmm. shit it out. (laughs) And so... Um, we would do a few rounds of that and it would always calm me down. And so it wasn't until I started studying authentic Tantra in 2018 um, that I realized that I had been practicing Tantra for most of my life. I was like, damn, this is so, and that's the thing. It's like, 
true tantricas and tantricals are born. Mm. And so when you are drawn to tantra as a practice, it's because it's something you've always practiced mm. in some way, shape, or form in in one or maybe multiple lifetimes. Mm. And so um, just in what it has been able to do to transform my relationships, stop looking at me like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it got real weird. Um, <laughs> thank you, baby. I love you, though. You're giving me comfort. <laughs> um, just like in what it has been able to do to regulate my nervous system and what it has done to bring up and, um, and move out trauma from my body. Because during like that first year when I, when I was training, it was some deep stuff that I didn't even know I had suppressed far far down that came up and i had to rectify it but it changed the relationship with my family it changed my relationship even like with my clients and just like the world around me and how i see the world i've always been a sensual person but it deepened my sensuality um and even like i had surgery in 2020 on my sciences to remove a tumor and the surgery kind of went really left and during that time when we were in intervention, I was practicing Tantra to regulate my nervous system so that I wouldn't go into shock. And then I used Tantra, Tantric touch and Tantric energy healing to speed up the process of my healing because my face was disfigured. Like I had a whole hematoma and bruising and all kind of stuff. And within 30 days, it was like my face was like brand new. And so I've seen the power of Tantra. I've even like, um, at one point I had fibroids, which I had never had them in my life, but it, it there are spiritual um, forces at work when it comes to disease as well in the body. And so in using Tantra and using herbs and my, my working knowledge of herbs, like I was able to reverse all of that stuff, right? And so shit works. My, my <laughs> shout out to Debbie Ward Erickson. She always says this shit works and it does. And, and all that is required of you is to sit down and breathe. Mm -hmm. Just take a moment and breathe if you can just start there you know and so people want to jump to the tantric sex without actually doing mm -hmm. spiritual work and it's like mm -hmm. you can you can use tantric elements because like neo tantra is a diluted version of true lineage based tantra it'll take tantric elements and then it'll present it as tantra and so yes we know about sitting the breath and eye gazing and sitting in yab yum and all of that good stuff right but those are like tools that we get to use for connection. But if you're not practicing elemental uh, lineage-based practices, you're missing the mark for real, for real. So you could be tantric-alike, but you're not truly in that tantric space with, without that. And it's not a knock on neo-tantra. It's just a very watered-down version of like mm -hmm. the potency of the medicine that is true tantra. And so... Um, it's like you can't like jumping straight to tantric sex. It's if you don't know what you're doing to somebody else's energy, that could be detrimental. You know, so um, I always encourage people to go check out authentictantra.com, and also it's a lineage that was um, passed down through a black tantrika, and this is centuries old. Okay, so this was a black woman centuries ago in Tibet this knowledge and passing it down and it's a black woman that's bringing it out into the world now and, 
And that me telling, it also is helping with like the dismantling of white supremacy because her work is also very much so not only is the work trauma-informed, but it's also anti-racist. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, like, I've seen how my life has elevated quickly in, <laughs> let me see, 18 minutes. In like two to three years, wow. how things were a 180 for me. I said, whoa, what in the world is happening? And it's just getting better and better daily. And then Tantra becomes a part of you. Because the whole goal is to integrate the tools to where this is just how you live. So then you show up, you show up as a tantric being. And people can feel that. And the one compliment I get all the time is like your energy. Your energy. Which also I'd be like, you a vampire. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on now. I see you. I see what you're doing. I'm gonna put up slow shield real quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> so people who have definitely experienced trauma in their life, I highly suggest Tantra. And I when I work with my clients, I'm like I infuse Tantra into everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm always encouraging them to do that work. So, and then like, just like the awareness that you have, just like what's happening in your body and what's happening in the environment around you. It just, it's just, it's just heightened. That's why I can be like, oh, that's a vampire over there. Oh, that's a demon right there. And also not be afraid of it. Because oh. I think a lot of people, when you, when you hear the words like vampire and demon, based on the like Hollywood depiction of these things, people automatically like present fear. Yes. But you got to remember that these are just spirits that are in the lower realms that are literally calling out for love. Yeah. So when you remember that, then you can actually show compassion and you can pacify demons. You don't, you don't got to be afraid of them. But anyway, <laughs> I have said too much. <laughs> so like, demons? Wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> I was just jumping on. Did I hear demons? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I love that. I think that... Um, when you said that tantricas and tantricals are born and not bred, that spoke to me because I think that I've, I haven't had, so the difference between us is that a lot of the empowerment, a lot of the affirmations that I received was solely from my mother. Um, I think that when I got into college, I consciously made the decision that there has to be some disconnect between me and men because I don't trust them intimately the way I trust women. And so I had to t tell myself, I'm like, you know, I feel like I have some work to do. They're like, why do you do this? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like as close as I am to women, I don't feel that way for men. That immediate compassion, that space for them to be not vulnerable because I've always been, you know, to, to the point that I'm making with what you said earlier. Like, I've always practiced Tantra, the... The, the need to want to connect, the need to want to connect with my own body and in turn help me connect with other people. Um, I don't think I've ever had an issue with connecting with men in that way, but I know that the way that I feel when I first initially um, interact with them was something of a blockage until I made it not. Um, so after working through that, and then in my mind saying, okay, I'm going to treat men the same way I treat women. I know that there is a difference, but I'm going to approach a relationship as if I'm approaching my girlfriend. 
that way I'm not approaching them with any bias. I'm really allowing them to meet me where they should if they are human beings interact with me as another human being that is respect and love each other. Mm -hmm. um, I think that definitely transformed the way that I saw the world as more of a, when I see people, when I connect with people, when I interact with people, there's no fear because when you have an when you have an issue with intimacy it's i think it's inherently fear based um yeah. because there is this closeness that you don't want to happen because you don't know how to do it um yeah. so once i got into that space i think that it allowed me to uh the book that um spoke a lot to me during my 22nd birthday was the alchemist and i think once yes. i read that book it like yes. I read it and then a couple of months later I was like, okay, well that was cool. And then like four months after that, I got all these downloads and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yep. <laughs> I don't think I knew what was happening when I was reading this book and I feel it now. Yep. Um, and I think that put me on the trajectory to knowing my path, knowing what I'm doing, knowing how it feels when I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing um and recognizing you know that character's lineage and, and where he came from versus where he was going and where i was versus where i wanted to go um and then understanding that everyone you come in contact with is connection to you and your story and really embracing that you know um but you have to break down the biases to get there um so i i think that that's beautiful i I'm really excited to look more into Tantra. I, I actually want to attend the Atlanta School for Tantra and Divine Sexuality by Amina Peterson um, and get into my somatic sexology in her program um, and really integrate Tantra in, in that way. And I'm really looking forward to also looking at the link that you gave, yeah. um, AuthenticTantra.com, correct? Yeah, and I'm going to say this. I mean, Amina School is definitely neo-tantra based and, you know, it's fine to explore that. And if you want to practice like lineage based teachings, definitely check out AuthenticTantra.com and you're going to feel and see a difference. You really are. Um, because I always say like certain medicines are not for everyone. Mm. And that is something that I don't think we talk enough about. Because for some people, neo-tantra may be the level that they are able to play at because that medicine is easy for them to digest. But there mm -hmm. is such a thing as practicing the wrong religion. And when you do that, it can manifest as disease or imbalances in the body. So you have to be aware because there's many different forms of tantra, uh, lineage-based tantra too. I mean, there's comedic tantra as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but Yeshua ben Joseph, aka Jesus the Christ, he mm -hmm. was a member of the order of Isis, which was an Egyptian or a comedic form of tantra. And people don't don't know that, but I read that in the in the Magdalene manuscript. Um, so, so it is good to explore, and then whichever is the path of least resistance, mm -hmm. that's how you know that that is the the uh, the medicine for mm -hmm. you. Because, um, and I will say this too, like when you're doing the lineage based stuff and you're doing the elemental practices, there is stuff that will come up and like in your clearing and in your cleansing, it may look like a cold. It may look like stuff happening or appearing in the body. And it's literally just stuff coming up and out. Mm -hmm. And so having the support system and having a sangha of people who know how to handle that stuff is really important. So, 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 so important. So I wish you the best. Mm -hmm on your journey 
because um, it's a beautiful journey and just like oh, the connection to life, the compassion and empathy that is developed. Like I like I'm so happy with the person that I am now because mm -hmm. I remember the darkness that I used to feel at one point in my life because I felt like, like there was something missing. Like I was just seeking something and, and it wasn't it wasn't there yet. And when I went in my journey of, of discovering, I, I've dabbled in all kinds of stuff, you know, Wiccan stuff, magic, and still do. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. fuck witch, whatever. <laughs> so um, along that journey, just like the people who've entered my life and the people who are still here and just it's just been beautiful. And when you get to that point where you realize like all things work together and, mm -hmm. and all, all things are going to be beneficial to you. It's all about your mind and, and transforming your mind to see that. And so, yes, for those of you listening, like don't get so caught up on the sex part. The sex is oh, a tool. But if you are ready to do some deep inner work, that shadow work that's really going to free you and help you live your best life, Tantra is the way. And I'll tell you this, um, the Shag Picagu lineage, which informs authentic Tantra, is the diamond path or the swift path to enlightenment. So you want to burn through shit? Quit. I told you, I, in, two, in two years. That's crazy. My life, 180, I was like, but I'm not going to hold you. In that two years, my life was on fire. <laughs> yep. I was like, didn't expect that. Right. <laughs> but it was Tantra that allowed me to move through that stuff with grace. Mm -hmm. And when I, I tell some people my story, they just be like, wait, what? You went through all of that? And those who were supporting me during that time, like, they know too. Mm -hmm. And so... shit works that's all i'm saying Period. people who are deeply traumatized though the process will feel uncomfortable because trauma leaves the body as it went in so it's going to mm. feel uncomfortable which can create resistance in doing the work mm. and i get that and that's why it's good to have your therapist on deck that's why it's good to lean into lean into your song but this is why and this is truly the thing tantra cannot be learned from a book mm. It has to be passed down. It is an oral tradition. Interesting. It, you have to be empowered by a practitioner who has been empowered by a llama. And true Tantra, not Neo Tantra, true Tantra. Because Neo Tantra, people read in books and then they're certifying people from the books they read. Yeah. Truth. It's just like with Reiki, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm a Reiki practitioner as well. Mm -hmm. And I had to go to a Reiki master to become attuned to do Reiki. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, because I did buy a, a Reiki course, but you can't buy a course and read it and then become attuned. Mm -hmm. You have to be attuned by a practitioner. Mm -hmm. So anything that deals with like the energetic sciences, it has to be passed down through a teacher who has been like basically ordained yes. to do that from somebody who, who basically is, you know, a, a llama, you know? And so that's the thing. It's like Neo-Tantra can be your bridge into true lineage-based Tantra. Yeah, I'm interested in the lineage-based Tantra. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, I think honestly, just like filling into your energy and stuff. Mm -hmm. I just think that like, yeah, you, yeah, you would really take to it and just, whew, the, the, just the blossoming, the blossoming of your life. And I, you know, I don't force time for it on anybody, but I just be like, do you feel me? Because if you feel me, then you will understand. Like, I'm not, I'm not over here capping about what it's done for me. Like, and even people who have followed me over the last four years can see a shift and a change. It's, it's Tantra. That's, that's what I, that's what I've been doing, you know? <laughs> and even, I would say it changes off years of your life. I swear to God. Because I felt like I'm aging backwards. <laughs> People, how like, I feel like just even looking at pictures from like 2017 and then me now, I'm like, oh, I look younger. I was feeling that way recently. Like my birthday is literally a week away. Hey, happy and birthday. Thank you. I'm turning 30. That's and people are like, good. where? Like you're obviously 23. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But I low-key feel younger, though. Like, I feel younger. I feel more agile. I feel more active. I feel more youthful. And I have felt like, as the years have gone by, I feel like I'm regression in age, but growing in wisdom. Like, Period. that's what it feels like. Yep. Look, my esthetician was like, oh, you're going to look young forever. You got great skin. You got good genes. But that's literally a consciousness. Like, my sister, my twin and I, we told ourselves, we're going to look young forever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, our mom doesn't even look her age. She looks like she's still in her 40s and mm -hmm. she's going on 60 this year. You wow. Know? And so, like, the power of the yeah. mind. If you tell yourself, I'm going to look young forever, you're going to look young. Period. And take care of yourself as well. Hold yes. on. Let's just be clear. Right. right? <laughs> you can't be out here smoking squares every right. day and, like, you know, hitting the hog hard and be like, I'm going to look young forever and, like, not work out and think that that's not going to affect you. Like, come on now. No. And also, you can't be out here stressing and worrying and allowing other people to have control over your life with their thoughts and think you're going to look young forever mm -hmm. either because stress will age you faster than cigarettes. <laughs> yes. Stress will give you cancer. So if you want to die, this that is, is That is a documented scientific fact. Okay? Coming out of the spiritual space, because because in, in the spiritual space, it will tell you that too. You know what I mean? But if, you, if you're not a spiritual person... Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about science? Right. Plenty of studies. Go look them up. Yep. And then my um my mentor actually put up an article about the effects of racism on the minds of black children. Oof. Like there there have been scans that have been done to show. I was like, listen, because it's in our DNA. Generations of trauma that has been passed down. But I told myself the buck stops with me. Oh, I'm here. not passing any of that stuff on and this is why i practice tantra too because i'm like the lineage that's coming after me is going to be some super oh. super super beings definitely what what definitely <laughs> no no it's not it's gonna my kids gonna be different yeah my kids gonna be real gonna different be and too like practicing tantra we just don't do it for ourselves we do it for all beings all mm -hmm. sentient beings so every time you practice it is literally building marriage. Mm -hmm. It is building up good marriage. And so sometimes I feel like, oh, man, I'm not giving back enough to society. But I'm like, but you practice Tantra. Mm -hmm. And people don't even understand just how much you're giving through that practice. So 
Ah, mm. mm-hmm. so delicious. It's so it's so delicious. <laughs> and it's Sunday, so speak to him. Listen, baby, we got a we got a word. Give the guy a word. <laughs> and I'm gonna say for anybody that's listening, like if you feel activated, mm-hmm. you know we ain't gonna say trigger. If you shout out to Dr. Lex because she said this in her keynote at Sex Down South last year, um, about being activated, right? If you feel something in hearing anything that was said, and you're like, ooh, wait this seems interesting, or you feel like you want to move in a direction, move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Because it is through our desires. The desires of our heart is really a direct line into the heart of the creator. Mm-hmm. And that's the creator saying, this is how I want to express myself through you. Mm-hmm. So if, if you feel something, then that is an avenue for you to explore. Don't ignore that. Don't shut that down. Don't shut that off. Because the more you do that, then the more you become numb to the awareness that is guiding you. It's a guidance system. There is no such thing as luck. But what there is in existence is, again, people who hear and they follow. Tapped in, tuned in, turned on. Abraham Hicks always says. And like, that. that's how I live my life mm-hmm. so I'm encouraging any of you that feel activated to explore the things that we've spoken about today because that will be the key to your healing yeah. you know we're in this time now where everybody's like jumping on the healing train right and I'm so happy about it me too and I, I think though that like people underestimate the amount of work that is actually required oh, okay. And it's not linear. It's not linear. Cause sometimes you gotta double back and be like, wait, hold on, forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> you get to a level and then it's like, you don't have access yet, go back. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause you can't take what you've forgotten to the next mm-hmm. level. And that's how I look at the healing process is not as, oh, I'm regressing. And I always tell my clients that when they feel like they're regressing. I'm like, no, you're just returning to go collect another part of yourself that's still frozen in that trauma before you move on to the next stage. Mm-hmm. So have grace with yourself. Be patient. Yes, definitely. Mm. And with that, we will come to a wonderful close. <laughs> Please let the people know where to find you, what things you're working on, what things we can support right now, if there's anything that we can tap into or... Just some parting words you can leave us with. Well, of course, you can find me here on Instagram at Real Glamazon Tayomi and on Twitter, where we have public discourse around sexual health, sexuality, and sexual pleasure. And my name over there is Glamazon Tayomi. Type it in because they got me whatever blocked, not blocked, but you gotta, yeah, you gotta type my name in and find me. And then, um, and it won't be hard to find me because my stuff been going viral lately on Twitter. And um, you can find me if you are a vulva owner and you want to learn how to ride and not just ride, but become more comfortable in your body. And you need a fitness program to get you moving to help you improve your mobility. Find me at thecowgirlworkout.com. We are expanding. So I'm super excited about that. And um, official launch of the Pleasure Academy, which is my course website, is happening before the end of this month. 
and as a way to support the next wave of intimate uh, coaching professionals, whether you're a sex coach, intimate coach, relationship coach, if you are in that space or you want to be in that space, I'm launching the Sexpert Business Academy, mm -hmm. um, taking the 12 years of knowledge that I have and growing organically and passing that on to those who want to invest in their growth mm -hmm. and also creating a community of support because in this game, you got to have grit. Mm -hmm. It can become very exhausting knowing that you are battling against forces that would seek to censor us and seek to shut us down. And so I want to create that community to not only empower and educate, but to um, make sure that people stay in a healthy space when it comes to their mental health and doing this work. So I'm having my first uh, like informational webinar coming up at the end of the month. Um, like I said, I'm working on two productions, so they got my schedule in a chokehold for the next few weeks. Um, <laughs> but it's all coming, trust and believe. And then the Exotica Expo, we start our tour. Uh, April 21st, our first show is in Chicago. Then we move on through Miami, Edison, New Jersey, and DC. I will be at three of the four stops physically, but at all four stops, my my brand will be represented at Sexpert Corner, which is a booth that I run and support black practitioners. So, um, and we also are looking for seminar speakers across the spectrum of sexual health and sexual awareness. And so um, if you are a speaker or you want to be a speaker, you want to be on a platform that will help propel your career and give you massive exposure, ExoticaExpo.com. Our submission process will start, I believe, on Wednesday. And I am the active seminar coordinator and resident sex expert for that show, which is the largest sex expo, consumer-based sex expo. what you have and if you are a good fit for our series for any of the four shows you will be on and you will have some a little bit of training from me as well on how to um formulate your seminars to be successful on uh that that massive of of a scale and um if anybody is a film professional whether you are a, a upm a PC, AD, director, producer, and you are working on films or scripted series that have scenes of hyperexposure or simulated sex and you need an intimacy coordinator, hire me. <laughs> Just putting that out there for anybody that may come across this that is within that realm. Um, so and then if you are a person that wants to work one-to-one -one with me as your coach and you're ready for transformation mm -hmm. slide in my dm and let's talk about it because i'm getting my calendar i'm redesigning my calendar so it's not ready yet to make those appointments but we can talk one-to-one -one and get something together just know that um working with me we're gonna dig in that's it <laughs> You're going to work. And thank you so much for having me on. This was like a lovely conversation. It was so, it was great. It was like enriching and soft and just like, 
Yeah, I love it. And I love that we like have so many similarities. Yes, me too. I'm so grateful that you joined. I'm so grateful that you hopped on, that you agreed to do this. Um, I cannot wait to meet you in person. Hopefully at Exotica, sounds like. Um, that would be amazing. Let me put my uh, request in right quick. Come through, um, yeah. Come gonna, through. Definitely going to be looking that up. Um, but again, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Good luck on everything. Y'all heard what she said. All the ways to tap in, all the ways to support, all the ways to make sure that she's someone who's guiding you in your life because you need that. Um, let's get let's get that. Thank you, love. Have a wonderful Sunday and an amazing week. You too, boo. Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful week and safe travels. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.